Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Amen. Well, turn to two people, tell them you look good in church, and you can be seated. Praise the Lord. Look good in church. Some of y'all just told the truth, and some of y'all lied. Look at your neighbor, tell them, think big. Come on, tell them bold. Think big. We got to think big, church. We got to begin to expand our thoughts, expand our mind, because God promises to do more than we will ask or, or think. So if we don't think big, He doesn't have to do much to outrun it. But if we'll think big, his promises are still true. He will do exceeding abundantly above more than we ask or think. So we're going to think big. Open your Bible to the gospel according to Luke chapter number 5. Luke chapter number 5. Luke chapter number 5. Had a great day at New Heights already. Both services were, were just power packed. And I feel the presence of the Lord even now when I'm speaking this morning at the third service. So I am thankful for that. You know, I've been to a lot of churches in my life. I've only been a member of a handful, and, and each time it typically meant we had moved, you know, in a diff, to a different city. But I've been in church long enough to experience that there are places where you can experience the presence and the power of God, and there are places, I'm not saying it's in, impossible for it to happen, but you don't experience the presence and the power of God. So for me, it is very, very uh, imperative that what this church, New Heights Church, accomplishes cannot be accomplished. It's imperative that it cannot be accomplished without God. Amen. In other words, we're going to have great plans and we're going to have great ideas and we're going to implement them. We're going to do everything. But we're also going to include that X factor that says, but the only way this is going to work is God's going to have to breathe on it. You see what I'm saying? So when you get to the house of God and you sense the presence of the Lord and you you, you experience worship where... Uh, do you love our praise and worship team at all? Do they do okay? Give God a big hand for... You know, they come up here every service and they just ring themselves out, you know. And and that's because they're doing it heartily uh, or with enthusiasm. They're magnifying God. And the reason we take such a... We take that side of service so... Um, uh, the reason we take it at such a high level or do our best at that level is because God says that He'll come and inhabit our praises. He'll come and sit amongst, one translation says. Uh, one translation indicates that the praise of God builds a place for Him to sit. So whenever we come and we, we worship and, 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 you know, they fired up that first song and, you know, click, click, boom, and they're the, 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 uh, the drums are going and they're, they're, they're praising God. You can almost look at it like, you're, like the start of building a chair where it's like you know somebody just crank, cr- uh, cranked a chainsaw and they're cutting down a tree in the forest that the tree will eventually turn into lumber which will eventually be used by a master carpenter to build a wonderful chair. But something's got to happen first. Something's got to break it down. Sometimes some praise, sometimes something. And praise can be a little bit noisy. So sometimes praise, what happens is you get there and you're still out in the woods. That's kind of that place that you are. You go, man, I don't feel anything holy. I'm just in a place. Well, sometimes that's the best opportunity for you to grab that Holy Spirit chainsaw, crank that thing up and say, man, I'm going to praise God, whether these trees hear me, whether anybody else, I'm going to praise God. And then all of a sudden, the the, the lumber for that uh, falls down, the tree falls down, and then all of a sudden it begins to get milled and it gets refined. And and that's kind of, you'll see the service begin to kind of shift from that praise, from that real, real uh, robust sound. It'll just begin to shift and align 
lot of times one of our worship leaders will begin to uh, just pray or they'll quote a scripture and you can feel a shift where now we're not working with raw lumber out in the woods anymore. We're not surrounded by all the elements anymore. Now we're trying to find out which piece goes where, which part goes in which uh, place. How do we position it properly? And that's where the service is beginning to shift and to move and say, what would you like to hear, oh God? Because we do want to build a chair, but the reality is, is we want to build a chair that you want to sit in. We don't just want to build a chair. We want to build a chair that you want to sit in. So you begin to work with the lumber. Then the lumber starts to get put together. And then all of a sudden it shifts and you can't really call it praise anymore. It's more like worship. Well, what is worship? Worship is like an aroma. Worship is like a perfume. It's, it's something that can be soft and gentle. And it's something that begins to uh, uh, f- fill an entire vessel. It's something that begins to fill an entire place. And all of a sudden you're not dealing with the raw wood out and the raw lumber out in the woods anymore. You're not dealing with just some pieces of wood like you'd pick up from Home Depot, but everything has been uh, positioned in place. And now all of a sudden you're saying, okay, it can be sat on now, but I don't want you to just sit on it. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to be comfortable. And all of a sudden we start to think of the worship and the worship begins to become the silk and the jewels and the, and, and the, and the padding and the, and the pillows and all those things that just make a way. And then all of a sudden when the Spirit of God decides to come in like a mighty rushing wind, He knows exactly where to reside because we have spent our time preparing a place for Him to sit. So when we worship God, when we decide to magnify God, it's not just because we can't come up with anything else to do for the first 15 or 20 minutes of service. In reality, what it is, is us doing everything we know to do according to the Scripture to facilitate the presence of God that He might inhabit us because one moment in the presence of God will do more than a thousand sermons. One moment in the presence of God, in the palpable presence of God, the presence of God that never changes, the presence of God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. One moment and sicknesses must flee. One moment and doubt just flees the room. One moment in the presence and things begin to shift in your whole family. You can pull on the presence of God when the presence is available. Well, I thought God was everywhere. He is everywhere. But I'm talking about the manifested presence of God. That means the, the presence of God that doesn't, that, that, that doesn't have to be explained. You just know something's happening. The presence of God that doesn't have to be uh, 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 explained where only a theologian can understand. How many of you, if the presence of God just resided in your home, it wouldn't bother you? There was a man named Obed-Edom, and uh, the Bible said that David wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel, and, and they went to go get it, and they thought they had done just about everything right. The Ark of the Covenant always represented the presence of the living God in the Old Testament. And there was ways that it had to be carried. So they, they put it together and it had to be carried on certain poles. And only certain people were able to touch the pole. And the Bible says they were carrying it. And it began to shake and it began to shift because they hadn't made proper preparation to carry it. And it was about to fall. And one man touched it. And the Bible says that he died because he wasn't supposed to touch it. And the Bible says that David said, hold up. we got to figure out how we're going to do this and do it properly. But we have to store it somewhere. The Ark of the Covenant or... The presence of God. They put it in a man named Obed-Edom's house. And the Bible said as soon as the Ark of the Covenant got in his house, Obed-Edom became outlandishly blessed. He began to prosper in every way of his life. And finally David said, hey, we're ready to pick up the Ark of the Covenant now. And Obed-Edom says, where it goes, I go. Because when you have experienced the presence of God, when you have experienced the anointing of God, Because the problem with a good message is a good message can go in almost any direction. But you can't manufacture the presence. You can't manufacture the Spirit of God. You can't manufacture peace that surpasses your understanding. What does that mean? That means you're still going through hell in a handbasket, but you have peace somehow. Because the presence is the presence of the Prince of Peace. The Holy Spirit's often called the Spirit of Christ in our Bible. 
So whenever we, whenever we worship and magnify God like we do, it, it's not because we can't come up with a, anything else to do or to talk about. It's because we want His presence to saturate this place. We want His presence to saturate who you are. We want His presence to saturate your family. Did you know that they can try to take prayer out of schools, but they can't take the presence off your children? You can, you can have the Spirit of the living God so reside in and on your children that everywhere they go, the Spirit of God goes. Everywhere they go, the Spirit of the Lord goes. You see, the power and the presence are congruent. In other words, where you see the power, where you see the presence, you will see the power. He is the same yesterday... Today and so, if he was healing the sick, then he is healing the sick now. Somebody say Amen. amen. This week I was um, deer hunting with my children because we like to do that, and we were out in the woods. And my my son, who's eight, he looks at me and he says, "Daddy, I need to tell you something." I said, "Well, praise the Lord." He said, "I can't say it quietly," and I thought. Well, that's interesting. You can't say it quietly. And he says to me, he says, he says, uh, uh, it's very, very important, though. And I thought, it's very important. Okay, praise God. And I said, well, tell me, big boy. And he just began to weep and cry. He just began to, to cry. And, and can I just say this, too, because I kind of feel like I have to defend him right now, even though he's not here. He's not a sissy. Like, like the only Barbie doll he's ever seen is the one his sisters have. Like, he looks like he's been poured into a pair of cowboy boots. You know what I'm saying? He just about sleeps uh, uh, with a cowboy hat on. He's just kind of a, a little tough, rough and tumble little boy. Everything you'd want. And I said, he just began to cry. And I said, I said, well, what is it, baby? He said, he said, the Lord just spoke to me, Dad. I said, okay. I said, well. And he's just, he's doing it all through tears, just crying and crying and crying. And I said, well, what did he say? He said, well, daddy, he said, he said my name. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, well, uh, uh, how did it go? He said, well, he said, I heard him so loud, I thought it was you. So I looked at you. He said, and then he said my name again, but your mouth didn't move. Moms and dads, this is why it's so important how we raise our children, because you are the representation of God to your children first. So how you speak to them is how they're going to anticipate God speaking to them. That's why we only say to our children what is for their benefit and we don't lose our temper with our children. Amen. So I said to him, I said, I said, he said your name. He said, Daddy, he said my name. And I said, he said anything else? And he shared some other things that I, I think would be, you know, that I'll just probably leave private. But, but he's just weeping, crying in the woods. So deer hunting's over, okay? There's no deer anywhere now. And, and I said to him, I said, man, I'm so glad. He said, he said, Daddy, I know it was God. I said, I do too. He said, no, Daddy, I know it was God. He said, I do too. He said, no, I know it. I said, he said, you know how I know it? I said, how, baby? He said, because as soon as he said my name, he said, I just felt so good all over. I'm talking about the presence of God and the power. God. Everybody say, think big. Where the presence goes, there the power goes. And the power is imperative for where God is trying to take your family. The power is imperative where God is trying to take your family. One of my good friends uh, came to me uh, just this past week and we're sitting down talking. We're having a good time. And he said, man, God is so good. I said, yeah, God is so good. He said, you know, I went to the doctor for a checkup. I said, praise the Lord. He said, not only did they take me off my medication, he actually told me I don't even have diabetes anymore. Because where the presence goes, there the power goes. You can't have Jesus without power. There is no weak Jesus. There is, no, there is no tepid Jesus. Where Jesus is, the power follows. Where the presence is, the power follows. So in 2018, what I want you to do, you and your family, I want you thinking big. And the way you know if it's big or not 
is if you can do it, it's not big enough. If you can't do it without God, if you can do it without God, it's not big enough. If you don't have to have the X factor of who God actually is involved in the situation, it's not big enough. Now, I'm not talking about whether or not we, uh, you know, if your bicycle needs some air in it, you put some air in the doggone tires and don't blame God for having flat tires. You can put air in your tires. But what I'm saying is, in your family, in your life, I'm, I'm, I don't want any more, and, and nobody's doing it here, but I don't want anybody, I don't want anybody thinking little in their family anymore. Because God has called you to do great exploits for Him, but it has to start between your ears. In other words, the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. So whatever you think on, I heard uh, one person say this, it was real smart, they said, they said, whatever you think on all day long, that's what you'll be. So when you're thinking, I want you to be thinking, I'll never touch another cigarette if you're wanting off cigarettes. I'll never touch another uh, uh, Coors Light if you're saying, I'm sick of having alcohol in my family. I'll never touch another Coors And you just begin to think on that. And what will happen is, where the presence goes, the power goes, because this region, the Brazos Valley, this has kind of turned into more of a, a prophetic moment right now, but this region has enough phenomenal teaching. And I'm thankful for it. If you lift up the name of Jesus, I am for you. Even if you're not for us, we're for you. Praise the Lord. If you lift up the name of Jesus. But what what this area must have is a place where people can come in and the chains of iniquity and the chains of addiction and the chains of affliction can be shaken off of your life. And the only way that happens is the presence of God has to be there because where the presence goes, there the power goes. Your kids, your kids, if, 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 if it wouldn't just hurt your heart that they call you in the middle of the night and said, Daddy, I gotta talk to you. Mama, I gotta talk to you. The presence of the Lord woke me up and began to give me a purpose. That's the kind of power that I'm talking about. I'm talking about it changing your life. I'm talking about it changing your family. I'm talking about things being different. I, I, I'd love to sit here and just give you uh, all kind of good ideas, but I don't have a bunch of good ideas. What I do have is the presence and the power of God on my life. And when you get the presence and the power of God, on your life, you become so brave in who God is. You become so strong in who God is. I never forget, I was praying for my wife and the Lord took me in a vision. I'd never seen her. I didn't know where she lived and God gave me a picture of my wife. I prophesied exactly where she lived and I met her 40 days later. I put a ring on it like Beyonce said and we've been happily married ever since. I'm talking about the presence and the power of God. I'm talking about being able to pray and you can see what your kids are about to walk into before your kids walk into it. I'm talking about your kids walking in lying to you and you know it because the Holy Spirit told it to you before they even walked in the door. I remember lying to my parents when I was a teenager and I was thinking while I was lying to them, this is the stupidest thing I can do because God has already told them the truth. I'm talking about the presence and the power. I'm talking about knowing what is a temptation and what is an opportunity. One of the greatest things you can discover in your life is what is an opportunity and what is a temptation that will get me off track. Because sometimes temptation looks exactly like opportunity, but the Bible says you and me have to be wise as serpents and harmless as dove. The presence and the Power will shape and shift who you are. But let me just tell you, you'll only go as far in God as you want to go. You'll only go as far in God as you want to go. You'll, 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 God will fill every vessel you will bring Him and none of the vessels you leave in the cupboard. God will fill every area of your life that you will give Him access to and none of the areas that you keep in secret. What you do privately, the Bible says God rewards publicly. 
but he will fill every vessel you'll give him access to. That means in your life, in your family, as we're coming into 2000, as we're coming into 2018 and we're thinking big, we're not thinking, man, I just, I hope my kid passes their class. We're thinking in the name of Jesus, this is going to be the first time they're on the AB honor roll. This is going to be the first time they make straight A's. This is going to be the first time they're going to the head of the class. This is going to be the first time. I don't care how many times you've been passed over for the promotion. I believe God, the name of Jesus, the right opportunity is coming to you because we're going to begin to think big. I don't care if the business failed eight times before, the ninth time is going to be a success. I don't care if you got married 800 times and all 800 of them failed. 801 is going to be that perfect match in the name of Jesus. There is a shift when you begin to pursue the presence and the power because when you get the presence, you get the power. When you get the presence of God operating your situation, you get the power. And the power of God makes you bold as a lion. If not, you'll be sheepish as a mouse. But when you have the power, when you have the presence, you say, what, what do you mean, preacher? Help me. I, I'm, I'm trying to just paint a picture where the only thing that matters is what did God say. I know what man said, but I want to know what did God say. I, want to, I, I understand that I have to deal with details. But have you ever heard the saying, the devil's in the details? I want to know what God said. What did God say about my salvation? He said that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. He said that if ever I were to be lost from the hundred that are saved, from the ninety-nine that are saved, that he would leave the ninety-nine and he would come find me. He defined my salvation as a helmet. And the only time that a helmet is necessary is when you don't know that you need it. A helmet is designed for when you fall. That means I'm never going to give one more thought to the idea that God wants to throw me away because the Bible says, He who the Son has set free is free indeed. There is a shift that happens when you begin to just declare the only thing that I care about is what does God say about my situation? Oh, I got to talk to you. You know, the, the doctor said this. The doctor said this. I am thankful for you. I appreciate you. I'm going to put into uh, practice what you said. If I need to change my diet, doctor, if I need to do this, if I need to do whatever you say, I'm going to do it. But I want to know what did God say? Did God say I'm healed by His stripes? Then I am not interested in what I see in the natural. I am interested in what His book says. Because if His book says I am healed, then praise the name of the living God. I am healed by the stripes on Jesus' back. There's a shift that happens when you begin to pursue the presence and the power. And when you get in the presence, now all of a sudden the power manifests. They are not mutually exclusive. The presence and the power are not mutually exclusive. And if you want the presence, but you don't want the power, you don't really want the presence. Because here, here's the other side of it. Sometimes deliverance, deliverance is, 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 it can just, it can, it can just be weird, praise the Lord. When somebody walks in, the devil's been beating them up for 20 years. And then the anointing that destroys every yoke comes in and breaks that bondage off of their life. I can't tell you how they're going to react. But I can tell you this. The presence and the power makes new in moments like that. I'm going to wrap this up kind of quick. But Luke chapter 5 verse 1. The Bible says Jesus comes up and, and he sees two ships sitting next to the sea. Sitting next to the lake. And they were empty. And the men that were there. They, they, were, they were out of the boat and they were cleaning their nets because they didn't catch anything. So Jesus gets on one of the boats and he says, he says, Simon, he said, can you thrust out a little from the bank? Because I want to preach in your boat. I want to use your boat as a pulpit because every preacher needs a pulpit. And the prince of preachers was there, Jesus Christ. He said, I need to use your boat and I want to preach this message that, that, that when people hear it, their whole heart and mind will be saved. And Simon says, sure, you can preach in my boat. And he sits there and he preaches the message and he gets done. And as soon as he gets done, he tells him, he says, now what I want you to do is I want you to launch out. Everybody say, launch out. Launch out. The first thing he said was thrust out just a little. Because when God tells you something to do that's small, it's always because he has something very great for you to do later. And he needs to know, will you do it? The Bible says Simon didn't ask him to explain anything. 
Why are you asking me to thrust out a little? He just did what he said. We're raising our children. We're training them. That's what I call it. We're training our children. And there's a lot of times I tell them to do something. And even if I have a good reason for it, if they say, if they begin to try to define, oh, well, I understand why or I understand. Sometimes I just tell them, look, it's because I said so. And all the parents said, it's because I said so. Now, now there's a, there's a ditch there that you can't go in as a parent. Because the, the ditch that's wrong is because I said so and, and, and I'm going to, you know, I'm it and I'm that. That's not it at all. It's because I said so because if I can't trust you to do what I say, I'm not doing a good job at training you to do what God says. Because when God tells you to do something, let me just tell you from experience, He will not explain it. He will tell you to do something and and you're going to be like, when God gives a directive, if He hears too many whys, He moves on. How come? Why? What for? What's that for? He just finds somebody and said, will you move the boat a little bit? Sure, I'll move the boat. Peter moves the boat. Simon, at the time, moves the boat off a little bit. Jesus sits down and preaches from the boat. The Bible says, those that are faithful with a little, they'll be faithful with a lot. So the Bible says, Jesus said, Peter, you did just that little thing. Simon, Peter, you did that little thing. You thrust out just a little bit from the bank. Now, would you launch out? Everybody say, launch out. Did you launch out into the deep? You, you went to the shallow water when I asked you to. When I asked you to give your life for me, you just decided to do it. Now when I give you the next step, when I ask you to go to the depths, because the reality is, is there are depths in God. Many people will never know it because they never get past the, the, the small thrust out, just that little move. And God's sitting there saying, man, I've got depths that you could never imagine. How do I go to the depths? Well, you're doing it right now. You're in the house of God. You're making them a priority. You're going to take what, what you experience here and you're going, to go, you're going to go give it to somebody else. He said, would you, thrust, would you thrust out just a little? Sure, I'll do that. Okay, now, would you launch out into the deep? And when you get out there, I want you to let down your net. And I could hear Simon. He said, man, listen. I fished all night long and preacher, I really like your suit, but I think I know more about preaching than you. Then he said something real powerful. He said, nevertheless, at your word. Because Jesus saw that Simon would do the little thing, he was able to trust him with the big thing. He said, at your word, I'll let down a net. In other words, Simon refused to let what he had experienced stop him from obeying God. Sometimes just refusing to let a past failure affect your future is one of the greatest decisions you can make. In other words, don't let what you have experienced affect what you are expecting. Because God's going to do a new thing in you, and it may happen in a way that you've never experienced. It may happen in a way that you've never heard of anybody else experiencing it. There's a lot of testimonies I have. I I can't really compare them with anybody else because I don't know anybody that's happened that way. It's the same way in your life. He's the author and the finisher of each one of our faith and He has a wonderful, beautiful plan for you. The question is, can we say yes, sir, when He says go? The the, the question is, can we say yes when He asks us just for a little old bitty thing because the the reality is, he 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 says, I didn't catch any fish all night long. Now, do you think that shocked Jesus? The all-knowing Son of God? Did Simon didn't catch any fish? The reason he didn't catch any fish is because Jesus didn't want to preach in a slimy pulpit. If he'd have caught a bunch of fish, the, the, the boat would have been covered in fish heads when Jesus was trying to preach. And then, and then everybody would have been distracted while Jesus was preaching. Jesus would have been, he'd have been given the bread of life and everybody would be going, all I smell is sushi. In other words, 
According to the book of Malachi, God knows how to make sure that your vine doesn't cast its fruit before it's time. He wants to make sure your harvest doesn't come in too early because if it comes in too early, it's not going to have the effect that it could come in if it comes in whenever He plans for it coming in. So He's, he's sitting there standing in that clean boat. Jesus is sitting there. He's got, his, he's got His alligator shoes on, praise the Lord. He's sitting there standing in the, in the clean boat. He said, man, this is the cleanest fishing boat ever. He said, Simon, why don't you launch out in the deep? He said, he said, launch out in the deep and let your nets, let your nets down for a catch. And Simon said, man, you preacher, I, I'm the fisherman here. And I could just, I could just hear Jesus in his mind just sitting there going, man, I made the fish. I tell these fish to jump in the boat. They'll jump in the boat. He said, he said, but whatever you say, preacher, whatever you say, reverend, whatever you say, I'll let down my net. He lets down his net. The Bible says they, they couldn't bring the fish in. They started pulling them in. And the net started to break. And the net started to break. So he, he calls out to some of his friends, some of his co-workers. He says, hey, get over here. you got to help us. And the Bible says that they almost sank two boats, two ships with all the fish. And I just wonder, I bet you, Simon, if he was a man of faith, and I think he probably was, and I'll tell you why. I think he was a man of faith because if you're not a man of faith, you're not going to let a preacher use your boat. And if you're not a man of faith, you're not going to obey. You're not going to do what the preacher says whenever the preacher tells you to push it out into the deep water. So I think he was a man of faith. So I bet you about midnight when they hadn't caught anything, he's sitting there going, oh God, would you just bring in the harvest? Would you just bring in the, har- would you just bring in these fish right now in Jesus' name? And then it's seven o'clock in the morning and all of his friends are sitting there going, oh Peter, yeah, where's your God now? It's set. He goes, and Peter's like, just shut up and go clean the nets. And Jesus comes by, borrows his clean boat so he doesn't get his fish, his, 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 his feet dirty. Preaches and then nearly sinks his boat in his friend's boat. In other words, when God knows it will most benefit you and those around you, that's when your boat's going to get loaded. The, the, the key is when he says, Can you just thrust out just a little? Oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. When, when he just says, when he just, when he just nudges on you, why don't you just give, give that waiter, why don't you just give that person you're running, give them, give them a touch card, give them an invite card to church. Ooh, I don't, I don't know if I should do that. Why do you think he's going to sink your boat if you can't just thrust out a little? Those who are faithful with a little, going to be faithful a lot. What, what he's really doing is he's saying, can I take you to the depths? What he's really saying is, can I take you to the depths? Do you want to go deeper? Because I've never known God to take people deeper that didn't want to go. I know I look young, especially with this awesome haircut. But I've been doing this a long time. I've never seen anybody go any deeper than they wanted to go. So when you take the restrictors off of who God is, now the presence and the power. You see, undoubtedly Simon had heard good teachers and Jesus obviously taught good enough to convince him that he wasn't a charlatan or he wouldn't have gone out into the deep with him. But he'd never experienced that level of power because what happened is Peter, in in one morning, He shifted from just respecting who Jesus was to repenting for who He was. He began to sink his boat and he sees all of his friends blessed. And this is where I want you to think big. I want you seeing your friends saved. I want you seeing your friends sitting next to you. I want you to see in your family members those ones that say, man, they'd never go to a church that's spirit-filled. The devil is a liar. There's no such thing as church without spirit filled. I want you thinking big. I want you to think about that that one that that, that hates God right now. I want you to just see them turning around. 
You see, Jesus, he, he, he almost sank Peter's boat, and all of a sudden, Peter's going, oh my goodness gracious, and he hits his knees, the Bible says, and he says to him, he goes, you've got to get away from me, I'm a sinful man, and Jesus says, because you're a sinful man, I'm drawing closer to you. See, you thought I came for them, he said, I came for you, and I'm going to take you, and I'm going to teach you, you see all these fish, I'm going to teach you how to catch people like this. And then later you'll see it's so cool because fishing, you can fish. There's a thousand different ways to fish. I'm good at all of them. There's a thousand different ways to fish. You can fish with a net. You can fish with a pole. You, some people fish with, with spears. You can fish any way you want. And I think that's why Jesus used that as a great example because we fish all kind of different ways. And then Jesus would later show Peter whenever he was talking to Nicodemus, he would say, watch this. He said, I'm going to teach you how to catch one person. Then he would be in a crowd of people, and he said, he said, watch this. When the woman with the issue of blood came and touched him, he said, watch this. I'm going to teach you how to catch one person when nobody else gets it. Then he walks over to a, uh, 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 he walks by a, by a gate, and, and there's a man just screaming, begging, and all of his friends are telling him to shut up. He goes, he goes watch this. He said, I'm going to teach you how to catch one person when everybody's against him. Then he says to him, he said, now watch this. He said, I'm going to feed all 5,000 of these people. He said, I'm going to teach you how to throw a net, and we're going to catch all of them. Then he says, watch this. He said, he said I'm going to take you over by the pool of Bethesda. He said, like a, like a spear. Just the, the, the reason people spearfish is because they can be outlandishly specific about what they catch. If you drop a hook in the water, you get whatever you get. If you throw a net, you get whatever you get. But that spearfish, you actually pick it. And he walked over to the man at the pool of Bethesda, and he says, Hey, man, what's up? Would you like to be made whole? And he said, There's nobody to throw me in the water. He said, I am the water. Pick up your bed and walk. So I'm going to teach you how to catch them real specific. He said, watch this. I'm going to teach you how to catch them whenever, whenever. You know why funerals are so important? Because everybody's open at a funeral. It's very, you know, eternity is pretty real in that moment. So that's why Jesus took Lazarus and let him go through the funeral so everybody could get to that place. And then go watch this. I'm going to teach you how to catch them whenever they're sad because somebody died. He said, he said, he said watch this. He said, he said, oh, Jairus, Jairus' daughter, she's sick and she's, everybody, everybody's a word about it. So watch this. He said, I'm going to get you, I'm going to teach you how to catch them whenever something's happening with their kids too. He said, he said, watch this. I'm going to, I'm going to teach you how to catch them at a wedding. All of them. Other times the Bible said he had compassion on them and he healed them all. And he's, I, I can just see him looking at Peter. He says, see, Peter? He said, it's like the net. It's like the fishing pole. It's like the spear. It's like, it's like I'm going to teach you how to catch people like you catch fish. But the only way to catch them like this, Peter, is you got to launch out to the depths. In other words, you got to think big. You got to start saying, oh, man. If I could just uh, uh, have, if I could just make it through the end of the week. No, you start going, by the end of this week, I'm going to have affected five people's life for Jesus because that's what I'm going to do. I'm thinking big. And then all of a sudden, he begins to just, he begins to call you into those depths. And then the other side of it, you got to make sure you're not the one restricting your access to the depths. What I mean by that is Jesus met Simon or Peter alone. Sometimes we just need to make some time for God. And then we'll see God get in our time. I know, I know, what, I know what life is like. 2017, almost 2018, your bed hits the pillow and you can barely keep your eyes open and you know the alarm's going to scream at you in about five hours. But I'm just telling you, if you can make time for God, God will make your time count. And one moment, don't you, don't you know, one moment in the presence produces the power. And then nobody's the same. One moment. Jesus just said, throw your net out. Now, one moment. He almost broke the net. He almost sank his boat and his friend's boat. One moment in his presence. 
produces the power. And the power produces the product that we're all looking for. We just want to be effective for our friends and our family. We just want our kids serving God. We want them to be blessed coming in and blessed going out. We just want to see them increase. We want to see them do well in school. The presence and the power produces what we're trying to see anyway. Sometimes I wonder if we don't leave some of the most important things on the shelf trying to do what we feel like we have to do. What if Peter had just said, you know what, I'm just going to fish all morning. I'm not going to, I'm sorry, preacher, you can't use my boat. I'm going back out there. I know Jesus would have just been like, man, I'm trying to sink your boat with blessings. But it's the presence and the power. At New Heights Church, the Lord's making it very clear to me. He's breathing on our church now. He's breathing on you now. He's breathing on our church even now. For a new move. What I'm asking you to do is think big with me. you'll think big with me just say amen I want you to think big with me I mean big I want you to think I want you to think so big the only way it could happen is God will have to do it because me personally I'll accept nothing less presence and the power produce what we desire and it's congruent with congruent with what he desires the only way to even get a chance is when he says something small you just do it and then when he says something big you don't let what you have been through in the past stop you from believing he can do it today some of us were today we're just taking off we're just taking off all of the all of the labels from our past you're not what anybody said you are when god called blind bartimaeus and he healed his eyes the bible says he took and he threw his coat off because in those, that day and age you had to wear a coat that would identify with your infirmity So his coat told everybody, I'm blind. And the first thing Bartimaeus did is he ripped it off. He says, I'm not going to be what they said I am. Some of us today, I sense the presence right now, just just pulling labels off. You're not dumb. You're not stupid. You didn't, you're not, you're not less than. You're not bitter. You're none of those things. You may have been some of that in the past, but you're not anymore. You are who God says you are. And He says you're the righteousness of God through His Son, Jesus. The power and the presence, the presence and the power, the shifting that only happens through the power of the cross. Jesus certainly preached a good message because He got Simon to believe Him, but He didn't fall on His knees until the power hit. How'd you put these fish in my boat? The power hit. I respect you because of the soundness of your teaching, but when the power hit, my life changed. I appreciate you because you told me the truth when nobody else would tell me, but when the power hit, I knew I had to be different. I'm thankful for what you've done because uh, you, you made it plain. But when the power hit, something happened to my family. I, I'm thankful for what you did. But when you spoke to my son in the middle of the woods and I, had to, I didn't have to tell him, God will speak to you. I said, thank you for sharing that God did speak to you. I'm talking about the power hitting your family. I'm talking about I'm looking high and low for my wife and he hits me upside the head and he says, this is her, this is where she lives, now go buy a ring. I'm talking about the power hitting. 
I'm talking about one of my friends who, 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 who used to be on, on a half a dozen drugs. He told me he spent like $4,000 a day on drugs. And in a moment, he tells me this beautiful story. He said, I'm, I'm in the hills and I look and Jesus shows up in the clouds. And I've never touched a drug since. I'm talking about the power hitting. I'm talking about chains breaking off your family. And shifting everything about your life. I'm talking about that complaint, that spirit of complacency. That you're good, I'm good, we're all good. And all of a sudden, the power hits. And I just got to go, ah, what is different about me? The power hit. What we need to do, church, is we got to think big. I want you seeing, I want you seeing trophies in this church. I'm a trophy hunter. I don't care what anybody says about it. I'm talking Holy Spirit trophies. I'm talking wheelchairs and canes and walkers. I'm talking about piles of just trophies. Because when the power hits, everybody changes. Your whole family changes. Your whole family changes. When the power hits. When does it happen? I don't know. If I could tell you that, there'd be no faith involved. When does it happen when Jesus shows up that way? How does he show up that way? We do the little things that he says do, and we're very conscious about when he says launch out. Because when the power hits, you don't have to explain it anymore. Don't you just get sick of explaining things? When the power hits, how are you so different? Why are you so different? The power hit can't be the same anymore I'm not talking about me I'm talking about you how are you so different the power hit why are you even in church on a Sunday the power hit why, why, why are you in church on Sunday and, and Tuesday and you, in a small group and serving why are you because the power hit what am I how can I be the same when he almost sunk my boat I worked all night trying to just catch some fish and he almost sunk the boat with the power I was in Beaumont, Texas. I was 18, 19 years old. Walked into a church service. A man called my name and I hit the floor and I've never been the same since. The power hit. What he didn't know is I told God, either take this stuff off of me or kill me because I don't want to keep going through life like this. And the power hit. And everything shifted. Everything began to turn. And there's some things we can work out on our own, and we should. We should be disciplined. But if we don't have the power, church, we don't have it. If we don't have the power, and the power follows the presence, and the presence follows the obedient, and the obedient just say yes when he says go. Stand to your feet, please. Come on, we're just going to take a minute. We're just going to worship God. I encourage you to close your eyes. Don't think about your neighbor or how you look or how you sound right now. never lifted your hands, just lift your hands right where you are. Lord, you're welcome in this place right now. You're welcome in this place right now. You're welcome in this place right now, God. You're welcome in this place right now. We need you now, Lord. We need your presence. We need your power. We need that boat sinking power in our life. We need that boat sinking power in our life. We need your power in our life, God. We don't want to go through life just following ideas. We want to follow you.
need your presence more than anything, Lord. Your presence can do more in a moment than we can do in a hundred years. We need your presence now, Lord. 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 Come on, eyes closed. Just thinking on him for just a moment. sense the Lord real strong, just wave at me. Lord, we're going to think big as we go into this next year. We're going to think big. We're going we're to get outside the box in our own thinking, in our families, in our homes, in our business, in our jobs, in school. We're going to get outside of the box, Father. We're going to begin to think big again. We're going to begin to think big again. We're going to begin to think that the God who sinks boats with blessings is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're going to begin to think big again in our marriage. We're going to think big again at work. We're going to think big again in the name of Jesus. We're going to think big again in Jesus' name. 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 Just another minute or two, just you and him, just right, right in that spot that nobody else. Hey, I feel you in this place, mighty God. I feel you in this place, oh God. If you'd like to come to the altars and just have a moment with God, the altars are open now. Sometimes just taking some steps of faith like that, God just gets in our steps. Sometimes just making a move like that. You can come right up here. I don't want prayer partners with you. I just want you and God. If that's you and you just want a moment with God, if you said, I need the presence and I need the power. I need the presence and I need the power. If that's you, then just come right up here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. church another minute another minute another minute sweet hour of prayer sweet hour of prayer
Rid me from a world of care. Come on, if you're believing God for a prodigal son or daughter, come out of your chair right now and just come right up here to the front. If you're believing God for a prodigal son or daughter, just come out of your chair. Come right up here to the front. They're coming back. Just you and God. Just begin to tell Him, even in your own words. Thank you, God, that they're coming back. Just begin to tell Him in your own words. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for it, Lord. Come on, let King Jesus just do that surgery that only He can do on your life right now. Just let Him take those hard parts of your heart off. Just let Him take those hard parts of your heart off. out of your own mouth just thank him whatever you're going through just thank him thank him that he's doing what he said he would do thank him that he's doing what he said he would do what he said he would do what he said he would do Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's not disrespectful if you'd like to sit down. Ma'am, in the back row right there, you have your eyes closed. Wave at me. Yeah, you right there. Can you wave at me? Yeah, yeah. Can I just talk to you for just, you can stay right there. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking to me, telling me over and over again, you should never believe again what somebody said about you. But you should only believe what he says about you. He said, he said I, I've had my hand on you. Even in the hard times, you can look back and you can, remember, you can see how he had his hand on you. But at the time, you couldn't understand it. But now you can look back you see how he's had his hand on you, even in that time. But the Spirit of the Lord wants you to know today that today is the day when the shift happens. It's all turning around. It's all changing. Don't let her fall. Whoever's sitting next to her, don't let her fall. The shift is happening now in your life. It's happening now. Spirit of God says, it's today is the shift. November 19th, 2017 is the shift. This is when it happens. It's the shift. And the shift is going to be what changes. It's going to be what changes your whole future and your whole family's future. The reason that the enemy came so stringently against you is because the gift is bigger even than you know now on the inside of you. So continue to cultivate that gift, says the Lord. Continue to stir it up. Never be ashamed of that gift. Never be ashamed of that favor on your life. Don't you believe another time what they said about you. You only believe what God says about you. And He is madly in love with you. He has made you and created you and has a great plan for your life. But today, the shift is taken. Now, ma'am, lift your hands. Now, I release that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I declare today is your shift day. Everything shifts right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, lift your hands. If you pray, just pray right now. If you pray in the Spirit, just pray in the Spirit. If you pray in the Holy Spirit, just pray in the Holy Spirit. To worship you I live, to worship you I live, I live to 
worship you. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for your presence now, O oh God, to worship you. To worship you, we live. I thank you for that presence, Lord. I thank you for that presence, Lord. I thank you for that anointing now. Where the presence is, the power goes. I thank you for every person at this altar that you're doing a work right now, that you're doing a deep cleansing in our spirits, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that you're shifting even the atmosphere where we go, Father. In Jesus' name, I thank you that you're doing it like only you can do. Like only you can do. Like only you can do. Thank you for it, God. Thank you for it, God. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for that presence right now. I thank you for that presence. The presence and the power. Now I declare every yoke broken off of your life in Jesus' name. Who is it that's struggling with, with sleep? Who is it? I'm getting it over and over. Who is struggling with sleep at night? If that's you, just come up here right now. Meet me right up here at the front. If that's you and you just said, man, I just can't sleep at night. The devil, a lot of times, he'll attack your sleep. He doesn't want you to sleep at night because if you don't sleep at night, you're not rested and rejuvenated. Just come right up here at the front. If you're believing God for good night's sleep, so that, that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't sound like a big deal. It'd be a big deal to you if you couldn't sleep. Praise the Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it. Thank you for it, Lord. Come on, y'all extend your hands this way. I thank you, Lord God, for a peaceful sleep in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, for peaceful sleep right now in the midnight hour. Peace that surpasses all understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for total healing in Jesus' name and peace in the midnight hour. I thank you for total healing and peace in the midnight hour. Deep sleep, deep sleep, deep sleep in Jesus' name. Sleep like a baby in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. I come against every wicked dream. I come against every wicked dream now in Jesus' name. And I say it'll be no nightmares. It'll just be good dreams in the name of Jesus. I thank you that those dreams are going to be reversed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it. Come on, church, lift your hands. Sing that out to the Lord. Jesus, just as I am, I come. Hallelujah. Amazing love. Thank you, Jesus. Just as I am, I come. Come on, thank Him, church. Just as I am, I come. Hallelujah. Oh, what amazing love. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Just as I am. Oh, what amazing love.
Come on, guys. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that presence. Thank you for that power. Thank you for what you've done in our life. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, somebody give God a hand clap. Somebody give God a shout. You guys make your way back to your seat. I'm going to pray a blessing on us. Wow. Come on, let's all stand up. We're about to dismiss. Where we're going, we got to have the presence and the power. We have to have the presence and the power. If you're here today and you're not right with God before you leave, let me pray with you. If you don't know that you know that you know that you're on your way to heaven, when I count to three, lift your hand. And with an uplifted hand, you're just saying, oh God, remember me, and he really will. One, two, three, lift your hand. I see that hand, 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 I see that hand. Come on, pray this after me, church. Say, oh God, I come to you now. I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, give God a big hand. If you gave your heart to God today, be in the house of God as often as you can. I'm going to ask you one other thing. If you're here today and you know this is the church for you, but you've never joined it, we need you. And I'll tell you why we need you. Because we're doing everything we can to love people and point them to Christ in this region. And you know people I don't know, and I know people you don't know. So when we join our, our efforts together, we can accomplish much more than we can alone. So if you're here today, you've never joined our church, I'd like to extend that invitation to you. And you don't have to, there's no requirements other than just saying, man, I want to join the church. I'm not going to call you to the front or embarrass you. I'm not going to put a microphone in your face. But we would like to celebrate that decision because the Bible says this. Bible says that every grace that is on this house, you become a partaker of whenever you get connected, whenever we get in covenant relationship. So if that's you and you say, man, I sense the presence of God, I sense the power of God, and I know this is the house for me, but I've never joined the church, I'd like to join this morning. When I count to three, lift your hand real high and we're just going to say we love you. One, two, three, lift your hand. Praise God. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Praise God. Well, before you leave, uh, if you want to join the church, do me a, a great big favor. Even if you've been by there a hundred times, stop by the tent. Fill that card out one more time. Right on there, you want to be a member. and We'll make sure and get all the information to you about being connected to this body. Amen? Let's all lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, for those who are joining the church today, I celebrate them. I thank you, God, that they are planted in the house and they will flourish in your courts. I thank you, Lord God, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, Father, for every person under the sound of my voice, I pray that you would bless them in their coming in and bless them in their going out. Bless them this day and every day in Jesus' mighty, precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Tuesday night. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.